Please listen carefully. Well, that's because focusing on Alexa was also focusing on four other dudes. You get a lot of bang for your buck. What's up, sisters? Welcome back to another episode of Everyone and Their Sister. My name is Christina. I'm Natasha. And I'm Stephanie. This episode, we are going to be talking about Deaf You. So I think we're really excited to talk about this Netflix original that follows around um, a group of students at this all-deaf college called... Uh, how do you pronounce the name of the school? Yeah, you did? Yeah, you did? I, in my head, it's Gillette. I'm just like, <laughs> it's not... Like, I don't have time for the extra syllables. <laughs> Um, I'm like 85% yeah. confident in my <laughs> pronunciation. I'll take, I'll take the, the 85% debt. We were really excited to talk about this because when the trailer came out, I think Steph, you shared it and we're all like, we're going to watch this mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, I think I, po- I posted a trailer when the trailer came out on our Slack. Oh, okay. Like, so literally the day of, yeah. Not jumping in there because apparently I, I wrongly attributed the credit to Steph in the trailer and, and Nat was like, no, no. Should I search Slack <laughs> I sent we will it. find out. <laughs> but yes, came out in October. Uh, it was something that looked really good. Um, and then to not see anybody really share any thoughts about it or talk about it. Admittedly, since October, I feel like everybody's going through a lot. Uh, so get that. But we really wanted to talk about it today because it was actually very good. It was super interesting. Uh, the show is really short. So if you're thinking about watching it, honestly, you could genuinely pause this podcast you could go watch it. And in two and a half hours, mm-hmm. you could be back here listening to this podcast, having watched all eight episodes because they're each only about 20 minutes long. It's one of the shortest shows ever. It was so, so short, so quick, so easy. Um, and it was really, really good. It's really like one or two different perspectives of of being deaf, but did show uh, quite a few for these eight I think it's like eight people uh, in this very, very expensive, very, very uh, rich and, and fairly white, but not entirely. Um, private university. Private university, exactly. I was like, what's the word for in America? Uh, this sort of private university um, and showed a couple different versions of like specifically how being hard of hearing and how being deaf in an environment like that is like. But it was still really interesting in that regard. I mean, I didn't know anything about deaf culture, as I'm sure both of you also didn't know anything, such as that there's such a thing as elite deaf people, as in Mm -hmm. people's families have been deaf for generations, which is, I mean, I didn't realize. And they purposely, purposely do that. Like, yeah, it's bizarre to me. Like, not that, like, there's anything wrong with it, but it's just like. I didn't realize that, like, there are when I think it was Alexa who said, like, this area of Virginia is really, or not Virginia, mm-hmm, it's somewhere mm-hmm. else, it's, like, really, like, deaf heavy. Like, there's a huge deaf community there. And I was like, but how do you know? And then I was like, oh, they, like, legit, like, it's such a small community that everyone knows everyone. And, like, that's in Maryland. Point that they make. Oh, it's Maryland. I, this is what they, Maryland. in terms Maryland. of purposeful, I think Steph watched this first and then she was like, you guys need to make sure you watch it sooner rather than later. Yeah. So when you talked about it in that regard, what I really thought we were going to hear is like, these people are like, I don't know this. Oh, they're like purposely trying to make deaf kids. Like, I know that that seems weird, but like, oh. how like it was going to be like that yeah. was the intention where it's just like, no, they're a very small community. The people that they know are all mostly also deaf and like right. for community reasons for lots of reasons that's likely somebody you might end up with because they're in your community they can um you know relate to you that kind of thing but there was just something in my head i'm like that's what a what a weird thing to find out 
but I literally thought that's what we were gonna watch because that's what it made it sound like. Yeah. It was just like I mean, well, like that's the way you worded it too, Steph. Yeah. Like you were just like they they're like there's so many generations of deaf people, and then it made it sound like they were like breeding it. I mean, I didn't realize that deaf was something you inherited in your genetics. I mean, obviously thinking about it, but I'm like, that makes more sense now mm-hmm. on why it would be so prevalent in one specific family for five generations. <laughs> So let's talk about the elites, because that was what threw me for a loop here. So Mm -hmm. elites are, like I said, five, six generation deaf people who literally don't associate with people outside the deaf community. And they look down on anyone that does. And then my first thought is for already a marginalized group, why are you then marginalizing other people for like trying to fit into the hearing community? Because they all go to what was the school called? Hearing schools? Traditional schools? Is that what it was called? I think, it, I think hearing schools is what they, they used. Yeah. So then you have Cheyenne, who she's the outsider. She has a YouTube channel. She's a YouTuber. She's an influencer. She's everyone watching <laughs> watching the show right now. Um, yeah. And they don't like her because she caters to uh, the hearing community. Number one, she's a YouTuber. Obviously, her main audience is going to be hearing and like that's a smart business move i don't know why you'd be shitting on her for that uh mm-hmm. and then they're just so like i thought uh, this is dumb i guess i'm like i thought like high school bullying would stay in high school but i am incorrect but i'm thinking because they're, they're so small they don't know how to interact with other people right and also Cheyenne said this in in one of the episodes there's something like because she came from a hearing community to a deaf community that she wasn't used to there's something very different and unrealistic about the deaf community the way they have it especially at that university specifically the way they function is very not realistic to what society is like outside of that and she's like I don't know if I can do that (laughs) for the rest of my life and that was like a really interesting point like it kind of reminded me of like any sort of university bubble you have or any sort of like even like high school bubble you have functions the same way it's such a small group of people and it like things are everybody knows everybody you're bound to bump into your ex you're bound to clash with people and there are people that like even like at any other university say sororities people that have been like five five generation sororities it kind of works the same way right and so it was an interesting way that she was talking about it. I think what was really interesting with regards to you sort of the the elites, I think one thing that's really important is like, again, this is a very rich, probably that kind mm-hmm. of like faux mm-hmm. liberal private mm-hmm. university kind of idea. I think that plays into it as well. You know, the majority of the elites that you see are these like very rich white people who are very removed from reality in a lot of different ways. Um, yeah. But one thing that I... I almost wish we saw a little bit more of. So Cheyenne has a best friend, Cameron, who she met. I, I think she either met at the school or not, but they're very close friends. That was he my, goes to the school. Yeah, I guess. And what really shocked me is you see him pop in a little bit for most of the episodes, but he's not one of the sort of like main characters they're focusing on. And at the very end, um, in one of the last episodes, they're talking mm-hmm. and he goes, listen, you know, like when you slam the elites, like, you know that I'm an elite, like, you know, I'm one of them. And I was like, wait, what? Like, we had this whole thing, and you chose to drop that now. And I think it's worth mentioning, he is Asian. I do believe, I think he's also gay, at least, or, like, bi or something like that. Um, Not to assume, but just, like, taking a leap there. Uh, You recognize your people, you know. Um, And he is, I think, the person that best presents why this is a very complicated and interesting topic because he talks about how it's like, listen, you have to understand, Cheyenne, like, listen, otherwise, you're like a white privileged woman 
but you are a minority when you are in the deaf community and we need to protect our language and we need to protect our community. And I think it's really interesting because there's a lot of problematic elements in that. The idea of like protecting a language and making it be the same all the time. Because one of the things that they sort of knock Mm -hmm. her for is that her signing is not acceptable to them. They don't believe that she's signing words correctly because I think that was even something that she talked about. But is that like a language barrier for them or or is it more about like there's a formal way that you sign and the fact that you don't do it that way, like they don't want to evolve their sign language. Is that what it is? Like this is where the question comes up because like there's that whole thing about like, is it about not changing the language at all or preserving something that maybe would benefit from changing over time? I mean, like if you have nicknames in sign language, that is a form of evolving your language, right? That's why I think this would have been a really interesting thing to see more of. And I think the person to see that through would have been Cameron. Cause again, it was very surprising to find out he was considered one of the elites because he's very close friends with Cheyenne. He seems like a very down to earth person. He was lovely the other person that you see the other two people you see as the elite are alexa and then this random crunchy hair girl that we're not even going to give her a name she doesn't fucking deserve (laughs) one luckily she's only in like 20 minutes she's the fucking worst i have a feeling because she has a talking head sort of moment i have a feeling she was supposed to be in it more and they're like wow you fucking suck and they cut her out okay okay? because she's barely in it good we don't like her we don't respect her we don't love it so those are the only versions of it you see But Cameron, I think, had the best lead in to understand, like, how do you grapple with some of the more problematic elements of trying to protect a language when languages need to evolve? Mm -hmm. And like, there's an entire Black American Sign Language um, outside of the existing American Sign Language, which is more of the like white formalized one. How do you how do you marry those two things together? And I think a lot of what you see of the elites is, no, we have one kind of sign language and it's this. You know, it's like, yeah, like even with Cameron, there's like this whole because he is he is obviously he said he's a minority as a deaf person, but he's also a minority with probably within the deaf community as well, um, along with DQ and Rodney. But he doesn't talk about the complications he probably faces as a minority within a minority. And I think he really makes this blanket statement where he's like, I am an elite but it almost it's almost like he's dismissing the idea that there can't be infighting within a minority, which happens in any minority. You know, I almost wouldn't even say that he did that because I just don't think he has enough time to say that he did that. That whole scene is like two minutes. Yeah. He's barely in it. But like it's but like I think there's something to be like even like not to be like creepy, but I obviously stalked Cameron's Instagram. <laughs> and like see going through it, his friends, like his other friends within his community aren't those crunchy haired girls. Like they aren't those elites i think it's a very specific elite group that is like that and it's almost the same as like any society or any minority group right like there's a caste system and that is their caste system yeah and so it was really interesting and i think he was the closest person to make a point of like here's how a community like this sprouts up it sprouts up from the need of like people are discriminating against you and you need to reclaim some of your power So you do, you start your own community, you hold on to your language, you think of these Mm -hmm. things as incredibly important, but as time goes on and you insulate yourself in that community, it becomes really toxic. So when, especially with something like deafness, that anybody can become deaf and anybody can inherit something you're always born into, 
you don't have room for all of these people who are a bit different. Like one of the, oh God, the scene that got, the reason why we call her crunchy hair, okay? <laughs> the reason why she does not get a name. She's introduced in the first fucking episode. Crunchy hair, they're at like a university club on campus and uh, crunchy hair girl runs into uh, DQ and Rodney, who are the Ugh. two men that are really focused on in the show and they're both black men. And oh my god the way she's literally like you came here from the hood you know you really made me think about how privileged i am and like there are people out there that like they're poor and it's sad and then like you hear him talk and he's like oh yeah you wouldn't get off my ass about learning asl and like you told me that i didn't speak uh or like i didn't use asl properly and then she's like oh he used to spell everything it gave me a headache to to talk to him and the whole time i'm like girl girl just because you're deaf does not mean you can say any of the things you just said. The wildness in the statement, the wildness in mm -hmm. everything she said to him in that moment. I was like, no, you don't, you don't deserve respect because I mean, it was insane. Just like the moment where they like cut to it, first of all, with her appropriated nails. Oh, yeah, that was the irony. Yes. Oh. Yeah. But then when they cut to her right after that, and she just like, people find out, it was her that was like, people find out I'm rich. And it's like, we can't all be dumb and poor. And I was like, bitch what <laughs> everything she said everything she said was absolutely wild and she's definitely the representation of like the worst of what is created in this kind of like elite community she is a gatekeeper 1000 percent, and she's sort of leading the charge i'm like oh we don't like Cheyenne because they don't think she speaks enough for the deaf community or they don't like some of the things she does on youtube um, and then like all of them sort of follow that lead, but then you have people that are also considered part of this group, like Cameron, like Alexa, who, you know, again, there's probably things to unpack there, but they are much more interesting people. And I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed, uh, Cameron and Alexa, Alexa, we have so much to get into once we get there, once we start getting into just like, <laughs> oh, by the way, they're college students and let's talk about the way they live their college life. Then I think we talk about Alexa because, oh my God. <laughs> Well, the favorite, my favorite thing that Rodney says, he's like, yeah, um, Dalton told me that he like threw out his hearing aid and put it in the garbage. He's like, that's the most white oh. thing I've ever heard. And I was like, yeah, 110%. On <laughs> he's like, you threw and out, you threw a thousand dollars down the toilet. Just take it out. You don't need to be so yeah. dramatic. <laughs> like when he was like, that's some white nonsense. And I was like, oh, Rodney calling it like it is. And low truly get into the whole thing. The MVPs of this whole, whole show were Rodney's family. Oh yeah, and the best Absolutely. thing too is they, at one point even Rodney is like, oh yeah, they say that I got out of the hood, but then you meet Rodney's family. They're pretty sure they're lawyers, what? right? Yeah, they're, they're both, both of them. from Yale. Yeah, they both went to Ivy League schools. Okay, they live in a really lovely suburban home. Rodney clearly went to also a very expensive private high school because that's where he will mm -hmm. get into some of this a little bit later. But he met a girl there that that he also ends up going to university with. They're both deaf. So like clearly, like you went to both very private expensive schools. You didn't just do that with nothing. Like, I don't think you came. Yeah. I could be wrong. Rodney, I don't know your whole life story. But I don't think you came from the hood at all. Yeah. Like even just like the manner with which he carries himself, you know, he did not like it's. <laughs> I'm going to say 85% of the words that come out of Rodney's mouth are nonsense. <laughs> I'm just saying it. I mean, he it's called absolute... himself a fuckboy and I'm like, you were correct. Exactly. <laughs> that was like, and so like, that's why, that's where the 15% comes in where like, he actually makes sense every once. I, <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming I to get him. into a private college, you got to be like lightly smart. I don't know. <laughs> 
That's my <laughs> assumption. I, I think Rodney was actually very smart. I think what I really liked about seeing his family is, so his caricature, if you haven't seen the show, is very much, again, I think Fuckboy perfectly encapsulates it. He <laughs> plays football. He's at this private university. He gets around with some of the girls. But when you see his family, I think you see a different side of Rodney that I really like to see. Um, because mm-hmm. what, so one thing about Rodney is that he has partial hearing. So he has a, an implant, um, who can hear, he can speak and he chooses to, when he feels like it, he, he doesn't always exclusively sign. And sometimes he just speaks, sometimes he just signs, he does whatever he wants. And that's his big thing. Like he talks all the time about like, I'm Rodney, I'm somewhere in the middle doing my own thing, living my Rodney life. <laughs> and it's one of those things with, with like the smugness and the like fuck boyness that he says it, you're like this fucking guy, but he's very charming. And he is still, I think, quite likable. And then when you get to see his family, I think you see a really good side of him. First of all, Rodney Sr. is a fox. That man is so attractive. (laughs) What a hottie. The moment he came on screen, I immediately texted you. I was like, Rodney Sr., though. (laughs) Yeah, I also immediately texted. Because the order we watched it was, was Steph watched it first. I watched after and not watched it afterwards and so in order not to spoil that i was messaging stuff directly and i was like oh my god <laughs> so we had the exact same reaction but in that moment they talk about him um and first of all what i like is the only person who really acknowledges like hey it's going to be even more difficult for jaquan and rodney in the school because you're also black like you're not just deaf mm-hmm. and so when jaquan talks about leaving this school and going somewhere else because he doesn't feel really welcome here the mom straight right out asks him like do you think it's because you're black like do you think that because you're black mm-hmm. you're not really fitting in in this very white very rich privileged school um but even more than that the father when talking to rodney and rodney sort of explaining like i don't always want to just sign i don't want to just be a part of the deaf community and no other community i want to be myself and part of my own community the dad is straight up like well yeah it's because you're an asshole And he has this really great thing where he's like, no, you're a really good kid. I think you're a really good person. I'm glad we raised you how we did. But when you want to do your own thing, you're a fucking asshole. And sometimes that's a good thing. And sometimes it's not. And it was really great because at the end, Ronnie's like, yeah, I am an asshole. (laughs) But it was the kind of asshole you can get behind. It was like, you know what? Yeah. I'm here. You, Rodney, you're going to continue to grow. I'm going to really like who you are as a person as you get older. I'm here for Rodney 100%. So that was a great moment. And that was really like Rodney as a person. And then what I also liked about Rodney is, so they talk about Rodney as a fuckboy. And he has romantic entanglements with Uh, Alexa, Shayanna, and then a twist girl at the end. You find out about Greta, who's been there all along. But what I think is really interesting is... Literally been there all along. He's been sleeping with Greta the whole time. Yo, that reveal was so much. But what's also interesting when they talk about it is like, yes, clearly he enjoys like, he's in college, he's sleeping around, he's having a good time. But the way he presents it is he has massive feelings for all three of these women. And Greta and him dated in high school, but he cheated on her in high school. And now they're in college and he like regrets it. But also they can't really get together, but they're still sleeping with each other because they have feelings for each other. The wildest situation in the world. But the whole time that he's... They're sleeping with each other on the side, not sure if they're really able to start a relationship with each other, but saying that they love each other. Rodney is out here being like, oh, I also loved Alexa. And I'm mad that she slept with Daquan because he should, DQ should have known that I liked her. And DQ was like, we talked about it. You said you weren't that into her. Why didn't you just tell me that you were into her? I never would have started dating her. I never would have slept with her. You're the one that said you weren't into her. And he's like, no, I loved her, man. And then there's Cheyenne who he starts to get into. And Cheyenne, like, 
is like, oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how I feel about you. I'm not sure. Like, you again, you're kind of a fuck boy. But like in that one, he does kind of pull back a little bit at the end. But it was wild. But what I thought was interesting about Rodney the whole time is he was like, no, but I have feelings. I, I'm not just sleeping with them. I got feelings for them. And I'm like, all right, Rodney, I love you. <laughs> but, and this is where we get into the good shit, okay? Because an opposite to Rodney, two sides of a the, similar coin. The female. Equivalent. We have Alexa. Yep. Alexa, it starts off, again, she's one of the elites. She's like a privileged white girl, but she definitely is much nicer. Like, she comes across much kinder. She's friends with Shiana. She has a- She's kind of the connecting person. Like, she is connected to every single cast member in the show. Yeah, absolutely. Truly. And she's so, to be fair, I actually genuinely liked her quite a bit. And when it starts off, you find out that her and Daquan were a thing, like, last year. And bro, in the series of wildest reveals in the world, it starts off with they're having a conversation. This is the first episode. The they first episode. they have oh. a conversation. They're like, it turns out she they, uh, DQ got her pregnant last year and she decided to have an abortion. And they're having a conversation with that because they haven't really talked about it a lot up until then. Well, it's TV world, so whatever. They haven't really talked about it, air quotes. Um, I mean, I believe very- it just because she literally looks into like looks into the camera looks for the producer in the park being like should yeah. i say this should i not say this and i'm like oh excuse me turn she turns around to make sure maybe she's making sure the camera's still there she's making sure the producers can hear the mic is on she point blank asks him did you get me pregnant on purpose and you find out friends that the answer is yes I I had to pause the show. Do you remember? I texted you. Yep. I paused the show. Yep. I was like, I need, I need to breathe. I need to do a little walk around. What? <laughs> this made for me DQ the most complicated figure on the show to watch because let's be clear, that's a form of assault. Mm-hmm. He he, the way he explains it is like it's not like he had sex with her knowing that he was 1000% going to try to get her pregnant. But in the moment they were having sex, he was supposed to pull out. People, pull out method doesn't work. Stop doing it. Put a goddamn condom on. And instead of pulling out, he has a moment where he's like, I'm not going to. And he kind of admits it like, yeah, in that moment, I thought like, oh, maybe you'll get pregnant. And I would like that. And then you hear, and I'm like, that fucking Jesus Christ. But they fought like, I don't think the show really considers that to be as big of a deal as it is. And I think even Alexa, like, the way they show it is like, listen, at the end of the day, this happened to her. She's pretty much learned how to forgive him from what it looks like. Like, she's come to terms with it. So I guess that's what matters more than anything else. But like, holy fucking shit, guy. Like, that's not cool. But then they show a lot of him throughout the show. And I think he's a very complicated person as well. So even though none of the shit that he did is okay, and it's very hard to completely like him because of that, they show, I think, where he gets that. Like, he he's all his family is his sister and his sister really raised him because his mom died when he was really young and when they talked to him and asked him questions what you really find out is this dude just wants a family like at all costs he Mm -hmm. just wants a family that's why he likes hanging out at rodney's house so much he wants a family and a community and he doesn't have that and it doesn't make anything that happened okay but i found him a very interesting character to watch because of that like the whole t- every time DQ was doing something, or if he would say something that I thought was funny, I'd be like, I don't know, man. <laughs> Remember when you got like, that girl pregnant on purpose? <laughs> well, his storyline kind of has a conclusion. Yeah. Like he, it has a character arc, as we say, because his latest girlfriend, he's like, I'm not going to stop her from going to New- school in New York and like becoming a blah blah mm-hmm. blah. So I'm like, I can see that was like, yeah, that was like the biggest moment of growth yeah. for him for sure. Like he was the one that grew the most on like this eight episode show for sure. But like. There's this whole complicated thing where you're like, he doesn't, 
you know that he doesn't realize the impact of what he's done and like even though i get where he's coming from his like family story is really really complicated there's a lot behind it and maybe he just doesn't know where else to be the awareness isn't there of what he did and i feel like that is something that if he ever came to terms with at some point it would be it would be a huge reckoning for him i think as a person and like that's that's what i definitely want to see for him because like sure people do things wrong but that was was brutal and you it happens like everything through it was just like because you find out as time goes on you find out more and more information about that situation like how um he says all the time like you know i know we were young but i really wish you would have had the kid i feel like we could have done it you know and every time i'm like you're not the pregnant one stop 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 talking no you don't get to have any of this opinion um, but then you find out that, like, while she was going through the abortion, they basically kind of split up. So it's not like they would have really, like, they weren't together. They wouldn't have really been a family unit either, that kind of family unit, at least, either way. And then he kind of, like, ghosted her a bit. And then he's like, oh, like, I was trying to work to get the money to give you for the abortion. She's like, I didn't need the money. Like, her family knew yeah. what was going on. And they actually clearly supported her very easily for the most Which part. I'm nice sure to see. I'm sure at the time there was probably more of it, but the family seemed pretty like, yes, this was the right decision for you. So and they're rich, obviously, with the school she goes to and the whole elite status. So like she was fine. Yeah. What she needed was him. And then for him to be like, I wish you would have had the kid. We could have raised them together. It's like, but buddy, <laughs> no, you wouldn't have because you just left. <laughs> yeah. And when um Alexa says this to her 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 father in the most awkward conversation oh. of life, where she's just like, um, maybe I'm into emotionally unavailable men because you're emotionally unavailable. And I lost my day. Like Alexa, sure, she's wild. She she okay. really, really gets around. She makes some really poor decisions. But that conversation, good for her. Like I, I was just like, the way she just put it out there, I was like, yeah, you do have daddy issues. To bring it back to like lighter topics with Alexa in particular, this is why I love her. So she, again, it starts, and even if if you just think about it lightly, you know that she had a thing with Daquan earlier that year. Then you find out that the before DQ, she had a thing with Rodney, and Rodney was like, no man, I'm super into her. But she was like, whatever, we were just fucking around. He's Rodney. Like, that's who he is. So she sits with Rodney, and then she sits with Daquan, who is Rodney's friend. Then she starts a little bit being then she has a boyfriend his name is braxton and he's like a big hippie he doesn't have a lot of goals in life and she's like "Mm, he was fun to fuck around with but now that we're kind of maybe dating i don't know if this is really what i want and like he one thing too all of these men they don't just like her they are fucking head over heels for her i don't know what magic fucking exists in alexa but the moment someone sleeps with her they're like sparkle eyes they're like alexa 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 the only thing i can think of but something except dalton except but even then dalton also after so after braxton who she's like "Mm, i'm not sure if i'm as serious about this even though braxton is like no literally i fucking love you and she's like she dumped "Mm." him she does. The him. producers make the make the choice to zoom in on his holy socks, so you can, so you know in your heart he's not a good guy. Okay, <laughs> that's what they really try to do. They're really trying to sell you that like Dalton or Braxton is like very useless. Then Dalton, long hair, Rodney's friend as well, uh, also on the football team. Dalton has don't worry about it. Dalton has no personality. Dalton is yeah. like a himbo in the lightest sense of the term. Where like. He was very nice and he was clearly, oh, boy was simple. Boy was lovely and simple. Um, But he didn't have a lot of personality going for him to make him aggressively charming. He was just kind of like inoffensive, 
because there was literally nothing for him to do. And every night he has a cup he of does. noodles. He's just just FYI. Cup of noodles. And go ahead. I mean, he thinks he's hot because he's a football player. Like, that is what I understood. But, like, it, I think what really struck me was what was really funny about this was the miscommunication between him and Alexa because pool, he was clearly just shy. In that pool, it was torture. <laughs> they have a date in the pool and, like, basically he's like come she's she's like come closer to me and he's like no come closer to me and it's so awkward because they can't it's like they can't communicate to be like because you could tell he's shy but Alexa's like i want a guy she literally says to him i want someone to like be into me and i can tell and he's just like no he just like i don't think he knows how when she's like he's too chill i'm like i don't think he knows how I don't think he's shy. Had to, like he's not the most attractive dude in the world he's definitely not my type but because he's like white and like a football player and relatively attractive, I think he's just never had to work before for anyone. So he was expecting mm. her to do all the work. But Alexa has options, my man. Okay. Just Alexa standard. has men in every zip code. So she didn't really need to. So they kind of like, they maybe Sizzle. they have like a thing in the background. It just kind of fizzles out. But literally in the middle of them, kind of maybe not sort of trying to hook up. Alexa meets Dalton's boss at this bar that's run by this. It's like a brewery run by this deaf guy, and she meets him, and they start flirting. He was yeah, hot. And he was Urban hot, and I think him. he was like a little bit into her, but wasn't super into her. Maybe he knew that like Dalton was into her. Maybe he just wasn't that, yeah. that into her. But it was very funny. He kind of gives her the brush off, and that's the only man in the whole show to give her the brush off because otherwise. Even people we don't know, like characters, we never learn their name. We don't have no idea who these people are. They're literally like, I'll call you for a date when you're a little bit more sober because I definitely want to go out with you. And I'm like, again, what is in Alexa's eyes? All of these men, they're like, they, uh, they're digmatized by her. It's wild. Well, the um, thing she didn't like about Zane was that he he's too focused on his like career and job and he's not going to have enough time to focus on me. And I'm like, what? I'm like, lady, that is what you need right now. Like clearly that's like the opposite of what she actually wants because it, in the end yeah it's spoiler alert did you guys did you guys notice he fixed the window of his car he did he did he also got a haircut or he was going to get a haircut they don't do they show him with a haircut no i saw it on instagram that he got a haircut okay that alexa got that haircut for him she made sure it worked it looks 10 times ten thousand times better yeah, he does not have the that long of a hair. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't have the the facial structure for it. And what's so funny is, well, all this is happening. So at this point, Alexa is it's after Brewery Dude, and it's after Dalton. But slightly before she hooks up with um, she hooks up with uh, Braxton again. There is a thought that like maybe her and DQ could have something. And I think as time goes on, she really realizes like no. And so she flat out tells him, which I also really respect. She has a f- sort of final conversation with him. Where he's like, listen, is there ever a chance for us again? Because the man is still hung up on her. And she's like, no, it's over. I'm not going to have feelings for you. But also, when she was thinking about breaking up with Braxton, the girl went immediately to Rodney. And before she had even told Braxton that she was breaking up with him, she told Rodney she was thinking about breaking up with him. And I was like, she's coming back for another round. Like, she, I, that whole scene to me was she was letting him know, open for business, give me a give me a little three i like sleeping with you you know like i and i honestly i loved that journey for her i loved it she everybody was so in love with her it was wild um but it was nice to see like a a woman just sort of go around and live that fuckboy life 
but be very like the whole time she was very open and honest with everybody about how she felt like I don't think she really hided things yeah. the Braxton thing was a little bit weird I when they ended up back together I was like oh this is very surprising and this won't last like I don't know you guys personally yeah. but I don't see how this lasts <laughs> when she was like oh I can change him I was like well this is the this is the road she's gonna go down yeah. for a couple years maybe and then she's gonna bounce yeah. back she and I, haircut, so she's- um, I will say the one thing I really respect about Alexa is despite being an elite and being part of that crunchy hair elite group she is friends with Cheyenne yeah. and I I do think she definitely could stand up for Cheyenne more she 100%. doesn't but the way that she the way that they've bonded in the show I found really well done and like how they show that friendship um with her and uh, Renata as yeah. well can we talk about crunchy hair girl just one more second yeah because <laughs> to me and this is where I think the producers like we're not gonna have this girl on the show anymore Alexa's telling oh yeah, crunchy yeah. girl about her abortion and then they're flipping back and forth to uh crunchy girl hair's commentary and then it's not even insinuated you know as the viewer that crunchy girl told everyone in the deaf community about this abortion and she like has no she just doesn't care she's just like yeah i'm gonna tell everyone and i was like why when 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 Alexa was like, oh, like, she's, like, my oldest, closest friend, and then they show the commentary of Crunchy Hair Girl, and she's just, like, our relationship kind of just fizzled out. I don't know why she still comes to me, and she just, like, kind of gives her, like, her leg or whatever, and you're like, oh, my god. What really got me, even more than Crunchy Hair Girl's comments, because she was trying to be, like, the deaf community is really small. Things come around here a lot. There's only 1,000 people that come to this school. It doesn't take long for everybody to love. Like, outside of her commentary, we know it's while new. Alexa is telling her, like, hey, this is what happened to me last year. Whether you believe she already knew or not, because, again, it's reality TV, so, like, they have to craft some situations. She, the whole time that Alexa is telling her, like, listen, I think DQ I had an abortion. Do you got pregnant? got me pregnant on purpose which like when someone tells you that there's a lot of questions you gotta ask there's a lot of things you gotta do to make sure somebody's okay the whole time crunchy hair the maniacal smile on her face you can just tell she cannot wait to tell absolutely everybody this new piece of information like for her even though alexa the person who this happened to was telling her all she could hear was i cannot wait to tell people like this what i have the hottest gossip and so i fucking hate her I yeah. think, like, also what really struck me is as Alexa was telling her the story, and like, you know it's going to come. You know she's going to tell everybody at that point. Like, you just, like, you just, you see it in her eyes, and you're like, fuck, it's done. The whole time when she was like, who was it? And I was like, do not say who it was. Yeah. And I know, like, it's such a complicated thing because what Dicky did was wrong, but I cannot even imagine what his life is like at that school now that everybody knows. Like Although, it's... like, a lot of people also might not see it as, as bad as it is. Like, that's also one of the problems. Right. Like, we remember talking about this from I May Destroy You. There's lots of things people don't necessarily really consider assault, even though they are. So this might be, yeah. they might all treat it the same way that Alexa and DQ treated it. That was a fucked up thing that you did, but it wasn't, you know. She got the abortion, no harm, no foul kind of idea, even though it's much like, worse than that. Like, on top of that, Crunchy Hair Girl's an unreliable source. Like, I don't know, you cannot trust what comes out of her mouth, so... Listen, Alexa clearly, and I, I do appreciate this, Alexa was clearly really happy with talking about it. Like, she made the choice to talk about her abortion really openly, and I think it was great to see that. She was like, I don't have regrets. You know, she's like, it was a pretty... It was, like, not an easy decision, but it was at the same time. She was like, I have things that make me sad about it, but I know it was the right decision, and I'm comfortable with that decision. So it was great to see that. And obviously, everybody knew it was going to, like, we all knew it was going to come out. She was like, once the show's Mm -hmm. out, everybody's going to know. She even says that at one point. So I think a little bit, she was like, let me bite the bullet. Once I fucking tell Crunchy Hair, everybody will know, and then I don't have to worry about this. 
Like maybe That's why she held it for so long. That's She's like, I'm maybe, waiting um, for that. Yeah. Maybe I wonder if she was trying to be like efficient and she was like, I don't have to tell everybody. I just have to tell Crunch. And once Crunch with the K knows, I got it covered. Uh, I would just like you all to know I checked her Instagram and no one no one has followed her as good, much good. as Alexa because or Cheyenne. This is what I also appreciate. They say her name maybe once, and I don't think she needs it any more than that. Because once I realized I was going to have this commentary on her and I was going to really need to talk about it while we were having the show, I kept waiting to find out her name to be like, okay, let me keep track of her name. But then one, I missed it entirely when they met the second time. And then I was like, you know what? I'm glad I don't know. I, d- I don't want yeah. to know. Crunch. She's got crunchy hair. And she's got appropriated nails. And that's her name. I guess our final one, really, that we haven't talked about is Renata. Renata, Renata and her girlfriend, whose name I also forget. <laughs> I feel like they, I spit on my own mic. I was like, I don't think they told us her name, to be honest yeah, with you. I think they did. I think I, I feel like it's with an S, possibly. But it's fine. We don't care. Yeah, Renata <laughs> was a little bit more of a character. Renata's great. Renata and her girlfriend, in all of their healthy relationship glory, are not used enough. But I mm-hmm. and I get the idea from basically all of the women on the show outside of outside of Crunchy uh, that they were using this as an opportunity to show things about their life that people wouldn't necessarily always see. Like I think they they all considered the show an opportunity, whereas I think a lot of times Rodney and DQ were just literally they were like it's reality TV. I'm just living my life. Um, because when you get to see Renata and her girlfriend the most, it's when they're like, oh, we, you know, we like to go out for dates. We like to go get our nails done. But normally when you know if you're hearing. You would chat with your friend while you're getting your nails done, you know, but obviously they can't because their hands are in use. So it's just like a very silent, uh, silent date for them, you know, unless they're they're able to use the one hand to sign occasionally. And I just really liked their relationship. It seemed really great. I liked them talking about it. I really liked Renata goes to therapy at one point. And I was like, mm-hmm. this positive representation. I'm in love. She has yeah, a weird yeah. spoken word poetry that I'm not even going to tell you what it is. You have to physically see it. You have to watch it because mm. I turned away because I can't handle that. <laughs> I can't handle that second hand embarrassment. I enjoyed it. I had to pause halfway through and then rewatch the whole thing. It was a thing. I walked what, away. What matters is that Renata was having a great time. And that's all I And I think that that yeah. speaks to like who Renata was the whole time. They're not yeah. used enough, particularly considering Renata is easily the funniest person. And so she, she is used, the best. Yeah. And mm-hmm. she's used a lot in the trailer for someone who's not really on the show that much. And mm-hmm. so if there's going to be a second season of this show, the Renata hour, please. Okay. Yeah. I want to see yeah. her throwing more plates off a roof. I, you know, mm-hmm. as part of her like therapy for getting her aggression out, I want to see her going to more pussy marches with her girlfriend uh, and talking about period blood. I want to see her in Cheyenne bond because, yeah, like, I know so also, lovely. I know Renata is in a relationship, and again, the relationship is pretty good. But her and Shanna, Shanna, they had chemistry. <laughs> we said Alexa sort of connected to everybody. I have a feeling the only show really, the show only really exists because of Cheyenne. The premise was cre- executive producer is. I'm looking up his name, Niall Demarco. He he's a de- he's the first deaf person to win America's Next Top Model, so he produced it, and it was his idea because he went to this university. Except many. Years oh ago. yeah, it, you know what? It actually brought, wasn't necessarily because of. Yeah, they probably brought her in because she has influence, right? Right. <laughs> built an audience. He said apparently during the casting development, he also encouraged casting students who did not have a strong deaf identity growing up so that different stories could be told and compared because I guess so many people that go to this school are part of probably that like elite, um, you know, going to mostly deaf schools kind of vibe. Um, So he was like, no, we want more. 
Yeah, that Niall DeMarco, he's from the Maryland deaf town. So oh. he's the he's the the white, rich, elite version of what, Crunchy Hair Girl. And then he made the show. I just like, I want to see the uncut stuff. You know what I mean? I have a sneaking suspicion that initially, like it says that they wanted to create a series, but based on how long the show is, I kind of think that they were wondering like, what if it's just a movie? Like, I feel like they prepared mm. it for me because like you don't get really in depth to a lot of things. And so there's lots of ways where this feels a little bit more like a movie documentary and a little bit less like a TV reality show. If coronavirus affected their filming, because let's say they were filming mm. September 2019 to April 2020, it would have right. cut right in half. And that's why you get this update and like yeah i was looking at their like instagrams and stuff and a lot of them seem to be like messaging each other that they miss each other a lot so it's like well they're clearly not together right now guys what a great show i want a second i highly now. recommend it <laughs> i yeah i'll take a i'll take a new cast of characters it's fine because by the time they can film again they'll all be graduated yeah i don't think even though a lot of this had some similar kind of cheer vibes and maybe the way that it chose to highlight mm-hmm. people um I, I think it would be good if it wasn't just the same people over and over again and just continue to focus on the school and tell different kinds of stories, which it sounds like that was the point of. It's also worth mentioning because I was just looking at this. The goal when he was making the show was to have a 30% deaf crew. But what ended up happening, yep, they had an unprecedented 50% deaf crew. I think that's really oh. important. I think it was important to watch this because like, on the one hand, I, I do like that in order to tell the story, they put it in the format of like a, a silly reality show. Um, but because they're also telling something very important and I think they are portraying people in a much better light than you would get in an actual reality show. I really like watching this because I didn't hate everybody. Sometimes you watch things because you hate them and you're like, I'm, I can't wait to watch this whole thing and be mad at your existence. This one was like, I genuinely, yeah, I I want them to be happy. I really like them. And I'd love to see, you know, them and then others, also some other people as well. And dig into a little bit more to the like warring identities and and as as well as keeping the stuff that's just about being a college student and just about sleeping around a ton. Bless you, Alexa. I think they also tackle like these two ideas that um, deaf people can't be in entertainment and also um, that positive reality can't be entertaining as well. Also, I just want to note on a production level, when someone's signing, they don't put music over top of it. So you're de- listening to you're not even listening. You don't hear anything. You're just watching the signing. And I thought that was an interesting choice. And I like that they did that. Especially there's one episode that only I noticed. Maybe I'm wrong. That there's no talking in. There's also like, okay. Cheyenne's obsession with like music and like feeling the oh, rhythm. Music. Yeah. I loved that episode. I thought that was really, really well done. Um, and she's if you like go. To, yeah. Like if you go to her Instagram, you'll see that like she was in like a recent music video where she signs the, the words to the song. It. follow so, her youtube i went and looked at her <laughs> channel i did too she got a lot of oh, she got a lot of backlash about what she said particularly the line like am i not deaf enough which to me i mean i guess i'm missing a whole other layer to this but i'm like i feel like what she was coming from was fair like considering the elites were like yeah i thought so too yeah yeah, I think it's a really complicated situation, and it was super... And that's why, again, I probably would have loved to have Cameron be a Forgus more, because I feel like that story could have unfolded a little bit more. I feel like Cameron probably has a very interesting take. Again, whether you agree with it 100% or not, up to every individual person, probably going to feel very differently about it if you are in the deaf community, and whether you can also hear like how you fit into it. 
but it could have been talked about more but i agree the whole time they were showing her i was like of course she feels that way they were mm-hmm. so rude and exclusive of her um because at Some the end of the day shoves the candy up. down her throat yeah. and chokes on it and there and then like, laughs about it Island. it was yeah, so gross weird. and i think what it comes down to is like the expectation they have of her just doesn't feel realistic where like for them what they probably would have loved for her to be like their perfect person was for her to be like a, a deaf influencer first where it was like she her influence was all about the deaf community and deaf community first and pushing what they think of as important whereas mm-hmm. i think the vibe you really get from cheyenne is no she's an influencer who just happens to be deaf i think also it's probably important to note that they probably only really care because she's white and pretty yeah absolutely and and she is an influencer, obviously, but like I think that's the only reason they focus on her. Why aren't they focusing on anybody else and what they're doing? Yeah, they're obsessed because they obsessed. because in another world she would be one of them. You know, they could bring her yeah. in, but Cheyenne has a very strong sense of self, and I like that about a lot of them. I think pretty much all of them knew who they were, um, and it was just it was nice to see again. I outside of crunchy hair, even people I had very <laughs> complex feelings about. I liked them all. I cared about their story. And I just, I want good things for them. I want growth. I want love. I want good things. Wild. We need that. We need that Maryland docu-series. I'm ready. Yeah. I think where it comes out to too with that is, again, I think it's, yeah, they shouldn't have to change themselves so completely to try to like adapt to a hearing world. The world needs to adapt to them. That's true. Mm -hmm. But then also you kind of want to kill them because it's like, it's also not Cheyenne's fault that she's choosing to adapt like it's not her fault the world isn't not built for you guys so Mm -hmm. if she's making the decision to try to adjust as much as possible because she doesn't just want to be in this one community and she wants to be part of a broader world that's not her fault the fault is the people in the broader world that don't make it accessible for her so like don't be mad at Cheyenne be mad at us so that we can make changes and she's like smart open and like willing to try things these other people are not and Cheyenne I got your back girl I'm subscribed (laughs) to your channel (laughs) And I appreciate your video. Oh, we love them. <sighs> Super crunchy. So that was the yeah, few. Yeah, girl's gotta go. She really has to go. That was a few. We really recommend. It's worth mentioning. So right now in our recording, we're a little bit under an hour. That is half the length of time of the show. I, I think it deserves more love so that it can get a second season. Because right now I am a little concerned with how much it, people are just kind of sleeping on it. And I think it just kind of came out at a time when normally you could release literally anything during the pandemic and i think it would become popular because what else is everybody doing but i think in october people have been a little bit preoccupied election kit was coming up we found out literally just today four days into the election the results um so i feel like it just kind of came out at a bad time i think everybody was a little bit more preoccupied i hope the show gets a little bit more attention uh, because it really deserves it, and I hope it gets its second season. That's it for us. Uh, once again, if you ha- if you've seen Defu, and if you have any thoughts about it, or if you go out and you watch it, and you have- want to talk about it at all, you can reach out to us on Instagram and a Twitter at Eatscast, or if for whatever reason you want to find us on Pinterest, we're at Everyone and Their Sister Pod. We are going to have a transcript available for this episode. Um, we'll figure out how we're going to do that precisely when it releases. So likely we'll be sharing it on the Twitter wherever we decide to host it so you can go there and check it out uh and we hope you stick around for the next episode or you go back to listen to some of our previous episodes we just wrapped up a little while ago our christina reed series where we battled it out over uh what was the one romance book that specifically i as like not a super heavy romance reader and everyone else should read and that was a four-part series 
Highly recommend, obviously, because we were in it and it's named after me. So I love it. <laughs> but thanks so much for listening, guys. Bye. Bye. Why, Steph, why did you wave? <laughs> oh, I you applaud. <laughs> I could only see the one hand because of the screen. And I'm like, why are you waving? <laughs> Love is blind. Was that this year? Honestly, so much was this year. Everything so much stuff has come out. Was the circle this year? Yeah. (laughs) Yes, it was. All right.